And we're back. <laughs> this is going to be one today, folks. Uh, I am your co-host, Mike One, giggling like a schoolgirl is co-host also, Mike. We are here. This is another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We are, in part, reviewing the movie First Cow, kind of, no. sort of, <laughs> not really at all. And then we have something special on the other side of it. Uh, Mike, you could talk a little more about that. I'm going to play with my new boot. This is the anti-First Cow movie review. I didn't <laughs> know that you were going to fracture your foot, uh, but it's coming at a good time because, yeah, you have a, a fracture in your foot. That just I'm happened. Carrie Strung from the '96 Olympics. So you need like a funnier episode, a weirder episode. We are doing an animal movie award show today <laughs> because you suggested it. And it was actually a good idea. We do these award shows from time to time. I didn't realize how many animal movies I loved uh, before yeah. putting this together. So this was a lot of fun to prep. First Cow was good. Don't get me wrong. It was a really well-made movie. I can't imagine us reviewing it for more than. I don't know, two minutes and 30 seconds just in, <laughs> well, a, we're, in any show. We're, we're, I think we're saving ourselves from ourselves with it because we, we at least wouldn't be able to review it seriously for that long. I do love Kelly Reichardt's films. I mean, they're very slow, though. And you could probably that's for sure. Probably sum up this movie in the same amount of time it would take us to review it: two minutes and thirty seconds. So, this is our review of First Cow. It's very good. I really can't <laughs> get into any more of it. It's just like it's good. The food looks delicious, even though it's old timey food. But I would eat it. I know we we reviewed this somehow. I don't remember if it was a trailer or something. I know we talked about it, and I know Kelly Records come up in, in award shows that we've reviewed. Um, but I didn't remember what this movie was about at all. And your explanation to the premise of it, of me, it was preposterous. It was right on. It was completely accurate. <laughs> it's just the most insane premise. I can't believe this is enough to be stretched out over two hours like it is. But yeah, it's very well done. It's a very good movie. Most of Kelly Reichardt's stuff is... But slow is exactly the the correct way to describe this. I cannot fathom a couple things. One, uh, that this movie exists. <laughs> Two, that this movie will compete for any serious awards. I, mean, I could see it doing like a Gotham or something. Right. It's not going to get to the Oscars level. Uh, three, that I will ever think about this movie again. And I had it not been for MMO, this is the bright side of MMO, had it not been for this show that we do, there's no way I would have ever watched this movie on my own. I'm glad I did. I think it is worth watching. You have to be in the right headspace to take it in. But it's a very good movie. I just can't imagine I'll ever come across it again in my watching habits. It's a lovely little film with beautiful performances, with characters to root for, and nobody can milk a plot like <laughs> Kelly Reichardt. How dare you? <laughs> There's my review. How dare you, sir? <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much First Cow. And again, I mean, I think we did about, what, a minute and a half on it, and we were already getting off rails. So <laughs> the seriousness that we would take this with would not be respectful at all to Miss Riker and the people involved in this film and their work. Uh, I guess most importantly, is it a watch or don't watch? I already kind of answered that. I think you have to be in the right headspace to take this type of thing uh, seriously, and you have to be ready for a slog of a movie. That's not to say it's bad, but it is incredibly slow-paced. Mike, is it a watch or a don't watch for you? Oh, it's a watch. I think it's fun to think about afterwards. Like, I wish I read this as a short story. Like, this is the perfect right, yeah. piece of literature. I for agree a thousand percent. Yeah, in your English class that you would, you know, be able to dissect for probably two minutes and 30 seconds, like I said, <laughs> with your English teacher. be the perfect scenario for it. So there you go. That is First Cow. And look, 
Uh, Mike and I fully realize we have been staunchly in the minority with these new films lately, so yeah. it would not surprise me, at least, to see this one get a lot of momentum behind it, and maybe it will, and maybe it does make the Oscar stage in some world, and we're proven to be quite wrong. Um, well, God bless the podcaster that can do, like, an hour and ten. Right. First God bless him. <laughs> right. So, more power to you. Uh, I hope, for Kelly Reichert's sake, this one does get that type of momentum behind it, but uh, Mike and I always said that we will be honest with you dear listener first and foremost and that is our honest opinion on the movie first cow so otherwise michael you said we're doing an animal movie award show today yeah a couple of caveats first of all there you are mean no caveats <laughs> <laughs> wow i hate myself. you are the editor sir you everything. can well, you can rectify that situation there, but uh... I'm going to do only that drop at maximum <laughs> volume for the rest of this episode. All right, caveats. There are no bugs. Few fish. There's some fish. Okay. Some dinosaurs. There's most definitely a dog bias. You guys know that from us by now. Which is uh, ironic because we've said multiple times we can't handle most dog movies. Correct. So I, I factored that in mm -hmm. to an extent. And then I ignored it and basically <laughs> did all the dog movies that I've loved over the years. I hope there's uh, a worst. I haven't seen these categories. I hope there's a worst cat category. There is somewhat. So okay, I have good. a couple cat categories, and uh, I think we'll have fun with those. There's also not a lot of nature documentaries in here. That would have been like a whole other research rabbit hole in many ways. <laughs> so uh, there's like March of the Penguins. I really didn't get into much else. Jane, uh, not a lot of nature docs. So that's a, it's a whole other realm. Uh, finally, on a serious note, you know, we're not going to talk about animal deaths on film here, real or fake, uh, in this award show. It's just uh, bad taste. Yeah, we may talk about killer animal films because there's a bunch of great horror films involving animals. But, of course, sure. uh, we're not going to talk about movies where fictional animals die or in old Hollywood where they hunted real animals on film. Uh, I, the fact that that actually happened yeah. is just unforgivable, I think. Yeah, in many ways, we are we love animals, and we love animal movies, but, you know, we're animals' rights activists, too many plurals there, but I think uh, <laughs> it's important to, to say that, you know, we're not going to talk about the rules of the game or any of those films where animals were hurt. That was just an awful era in Hollywood, but, it, you know, it wasn't just in Hollywood, it was overseas, so... Yeah, I yeah, think we're just anti-torturists, is the, is the way to put it. We Please. don't want to see anything have unnecessary pain. All right, so I'm ready when you are, Mike. The Animal Movies Award Show. All right, I have not seen any but one of these categories, like I said, so lay it on me, sir. Maybe the best titled category ever uh, for any award show you've done. Go go ahead. Best Cow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Milky White from Into the Woods. <laughs> First Cow. <laughs> the Cow from The Cow. Uh -huh. Cow from Cow. <laughs> Which, of course, is different. Or that cow from Twister. Okay. Um, I have questions. <laughs> what, what is the cow, and how is it different from cow? Two movies I've seen uh, on the internet. And there's two <laughs> separate movies. One's called The Cow, and the other one's called Cow. Uh, a more astute movie watcher will have seen both. I think they're both foreign language films, or international films, as I should say it. I did not watch either one of those for this review, but uh, I figured it would be funny if I mentioned all those words together. Would you like me to read the synopsis from 1969's The Cow, please? Sure. An old villager deeply in love with his cow goes to the capital for a while. While he's there, the cow 
somehow dies, spoiler alert synopsis, and now the villagers are afraid of his possible reaction to it when he returns. All right, serious question. Yeah. What would you watch first? That? That was the, that, the cow or that, that cow? in a runaway. That was the cow and that. I know where you're going. That. Of Horses and Men? You really wouldn't watch Of Horses and Men over The Cow? The Cow has an 8.0, sir, on IMDb. It's higher rated than the well-rated Of Horses and Men still. I still think that would be hilarious if you had to watch Of Horses and Men. But, all right, you got to pick pick one of these cows, damn it. It's the cow from Twister. It had the biggest impact on my life of this list of cows. I'm going to go with First Cow from First Cow. That's that's my second choice, yes. She was adorable, and uh, that was a, an adorable nightly visit that do, the guy made. Do there. you think there's any way, we've talked about Twister being remade into a modern horror movie, can you make that scene actually scary? Uh, oh, a new... Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you got to have the cow go into the audience's face, like, in 3D. I don't know. <laughs> it's 3D-reliant. That could be a red flag coming up. All right. Yes. All right. Best film about too many real animals. Uh, it's real animals, so nothing animated, though CGI is allowed if I believed it as a child... <laughs> Or These if, are the categories awards pundits come for. <laughs> or if I wanted to believe it as an adult. Right. No dinosaurs, sharknados, or fish, period. It's going to take a huge trophy because you got to write all that stuff. I think you're, you're being a little it biased it. against sharknados, but that's all right. All right. So we have 101 Dalmatians, so Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Best film about too many real animals. Mm-hmm. The Birds. Mm-hmm. The Grey with mm-hmm. all those wolves. Mm-hmm. Jumanji, the OG, with uh, scared Robin Williams for two hours. <laughs> yep, okay. Babe, mm. or Dr. Doolittle from 1967. Best uh, movie about too many real animals. So we're shunning the Eddie Murphy portrayal and... Not and yet. The, the, uh... Well, yet, but um, we'll talk about it next. <laughs> um, hmm, quite the list here. It's not bad. I mean, no, it's not bad. good films. It's not bad. Um, can I be honest? I never liked the movie Babe. I'm picking Babe. I can't oh, really? believe you didn't like Babe. I huh. watched it like 17 times in my uh, my grammar school that showed only movies Son and didn't of a teach me bitch, anything. That school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I literally don't. were raised by film. You were educated through film for the majority of your life. There's a reason I'm doing this. I wasn't born this way. I was made <laughs> this way. If I was in a happier mood, I would say 101 Dalmatians. But I'm miserable and life has no meaning, so I'm going to say the birds. The Birds is a good answer. That's a hell of a movie. All right. Best worst film about too many real animals. Okay. We have 102 Dalmatians. I forgot they made that. We have Snakes on a Plane. Mm -hmm. Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. (laughs) Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mm. And Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy version, which I liked. I'll be honest. So I, the Eddie Murphy version gets in here because it's at least an awesomely bad movie, whereas right. the Robert Downey Jr. version is just a terrible abomination. Just a terrible abomination, but okay. not the worst abomination. I'm going to do that next. But this is the best worst film or most awesomely bad film about too many real animals. Okay. It can't be 102 Dalmatians because up until about 30 seconds ago, I forgot that existed. Uh, it can't be snakes on a plane because I am not scared of many things. I, as a small child, a young Mike one was terrified of snakes. And I'm still, I like, I have just started getting over the fear in the last, like, since I hit 30. 
So uh, I can't. Are you do that. S- scared of planes too? Because that would be the scariest movie ever for you. <laughs> no, I've never had a thing against heights okay. or planes. So what about Samuel Jackson's? <laughs> yeah, he terrifies me. I, I I I cower in fear of anyone who can call me a, a motherfucker. Um, that way, I mean, the way he does right it. with that this was conviction. Supposed to be a rated G episode, <laughs> and here we go. But go ahead, uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins can't be picked because that movie shouldn't exist. <laughs> it's not a great movie. So uh, I think. My choices here are down to Dr. Doolittle and Ace Ventura 2. I'm going to pick Dr. Doolittle. I think that was actually a little bit of trivia for you that will impact you, Mike, and and nobody else, uh, because they're not listening at this point anyway. I think Dr. Doolittle was the first movie I saw in my lowly podunk theater down the hill here. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. go with friends, or you went with yeah. family? Yeah, I went both. I think it was like a, a child's birthday party where a bunch of parents went. Wow, the good old days yeah. of podunk theater. They squirreled away a lot of money. <laughs> Not a lot of money, I should say. Well, they or, haven't closed yet, so they may it may have been a lot. <laughs> All right, I'm picking Ace Ventura too. When nature calls, it's terrible, but it's gl- it's glorious. Yeah. Again, my second pick there. I agree. All right, and the worst film about too many animals is Cats because it is <laughs> best feline backside. Cats. Yeah, not not bad. All right, best film about primates. We have the King Kong series. Pick a King Kong. Okay. We have the Planet of the Apes series. Pick mm. a Planet of the Apes series. The new one, the old one. Pick a movie. But not the Mark Wahlberg one. <laughs> not the Mark Wahlberg one. <laughs> is the correct answer there. Dunstan Checks In was underrated. pretty darn good. Underrated. Very underrated. Mighty Joe Young. There's two of those. I can't believe oh. I saw one of them. Rampage. I put that in there for you. I appreciate your kindness. <laughs> Gorillas in the Mist or Jane. You know, about Jane Goodall there. Mm-hmm. Finally, Harry and the Hendersons, because uh, I said so. I think you're uh, you're making some history here, <laughs> defining definitively Harry as a primate. <laughs> I, I just got to go with my gut there. And no, nobody has the science out there to prove me wrong. That's true. That's a fair point. That's a come at us, science world. <laughs> so <laughs> you're best not too film, busy right now. Best film about primates, Michael. Um, the best film in all seriousness that I've seen, I just call them Prime Apes because I'm an uneducated slog, obviously. The best film about Prime Apes, I would say, in all seriousness, is the first yes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes movie. I'm tempted to pick Harry and the Hendersons because so I was I. as a kid. <laughs> yes. But Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where James Franco you know, dooms the entire world. Mm-hmm. I love that one. And it ended on a great cliffhanger, too. Oh, great. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I just, I wish the last movie was better, but all right. Moving on from apes, we're going to an animal that at least one of us actually respects. (laughs) Well, that's that's painting me in an awful light, but go ahead. I don't care. Uh, Horse movie you actually can tolerate. Okay. (laughs) This is the horse category. Horse movie... The Academy can actually tolerate. We are an Academy of Two here, so here we go. Mm-hmm. Tangled. Okay. The Rider. Good. Very legitimately good movie. All right, go ahead. Because I know you can only tolerate two. I think. Yeah, I see I had you a bunch have Secretariat. Others. I'm not doing that. The Horse Whisperer, you can get fucked. No. <laughs> I think I don't know what you've seen. Black Beauty and Black, the Black Stallion are terrific. I even kind of like Secretariat. Uh, I've never seen the horse whisperer for some reason, probably because of the double ERs at the end of that word. It just bothers me. <laughs> I think I've seen Black Beauty, actually. Uh, it's I'm great. 
stunned you didn't put Warhorse on this list. I know you hate Warhorse, so I figured you've seen Tangled because you got an, a young niece mm-hmm. and the rider. I know you liked, so these I are, did. I'm yeah. legitimately trying to get you more positive about this animal and this animal in film. Okay, let me just say for the record, mm-hmm. I have no problem with the animal of the equine family or profession. I like horses. I think they're beautiful, majestic creatures. I have a thing against horse movies in that it shouldn't exist as its own sub. There shouldn't be enough content and people out there who are like, you know what this movie needs is horse to really get my message across like there has been. There's too many horse movies in your mind. Yes. And the ones that you've seen, you've hated to a <laughs> yes. just an unreasonable unre- degree. Yes, correct on both counts. My answer is the writer, though. All right, the writer's the correct answer. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Michael, we're going to move on to mice. Mm-hmm. So if a mouse could sing, <laughs> whose voice would that mouse have? <laughs> Great question. Go ahead. We have Beth, Betsy Cathcart as Tanya Mouskowitz in An American <laughs> Tale. Okay. T-A-I-L. We have Philip Glasser as Fifel Mouskowitz in An American Tale. Mm-hmm. We have Jimmy McDonald, who voiced both Jacques and Gus in Cinderella. Oh. We have Seth McFarlane from Family Guy there. He is Mike in Sing. Okay. We have the mice from Babe. I couldn't find their voices. They were or we you. have me right now. <laughs> You sing like a mouse? <laughs> wow. I practiced that for Thank hours. You. That came out terrible. <laughs> I think that was very good. I was impressed. <laughs> I got to stop doing this. <laughs> We're officially in a quarantine trying to find content right now is what's happened. Mike, if a mouse could sing, whose voice would that mouse have? If you give a mic a cookie... Um, all right. I like this category, and I very much appreciate your effort there in putting it forth. Um, you're you're going to finish in the top three, I think, oh, for good. all the work you put into that. I'll take it. I'll okay. take it. Um, I think the approach to this question comes down to who do you think a mouse would sound like if a mouse could sing, and or who do you expect a mouse to sound like if a mouse could sing? So not I, Seth MacFarlane is what you're saying. No, I, I, I actually am going to pick Seth. Like, if a mouse could sound like Seth MacFarlane singing, I think that would be pleasant. If a mouse just came out of a hole in the wall and was, like, crooning you like a 1950s lounge singer, I'd be you down with that. You just picked two diametric opposites. If you think a mouse should sing like something, and then you want a mouse to sing like Seth MacFarlane, those are two poles, yeah, polar opposites. No, I, meant to, I, I may have misspoke. I meant to pick. I, I was picking along the lines of what I want a mouse to sound like. Okay. I'm just passively aggressively angry with you for not picking me immediately. (laughs) It's a fair fair criticism. (laughs) Well, look, you're up there with Gus Gus and Jacques from uh, Cinderella, which is hallowed ground for me. So you should be very proud of yourself. All right. Again, I'll take it. I'll just I'll take the high road here. But I'm picking <laughs> Betsy Cathcart as Tanya Mouskowitz because we reviewed her song from American Tale in one of those best original song half episodes that we did, and it was gorgeous and beautiful. And my God, that kid could sing. Yeah, and you just put her to shame just now. No big deal. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's my friend again. He's back, <laughs> buttering me up. All right, Mike. Best live action film about birds. We got two bird categories. <laughs> okay. We got The Birds. Naturally. We, we got Fly Away Home, another movie I saw in school a lot, like second grade. We have Jeff Daniels in that film. Mm-hmm. He's terrific in it. Uh, 
See that movie, by the way. It's good. I have a Pauly, thought about it when we get to the end of this. Go ahead. Polly is like my mother's favorite movie. She always had birds as a kid, and she always had pet birds, parrots, and this, this bird is hilarious. We have Marsha the Penguins, which is a damn good nature doc. We have Lady Hawk, which I remember seeing with Michelle Pfeiffer. Pretty good. Pretty good fantasy movie. Have you seen Polly? Yeah, Polly Paul, is funny. Is that the one where the bird is dancing and he goes, Astoy Loco? I'm pretty sure it's like mom movie funny, though. So. Okay. Oh, yeah. then that's that preview during like Sunday NFL games when I was a child was emblazoned in my psyche. I don't know why, but that like I just had a Vietnam level flashback when you mentioned Paulie. Makes and sense. Astoy Loco. He's dancing yeah. back and forth on the branch. So yeah, if it's I, Sunday afternoons, kids watching right. the movie or watching the game with their dads. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly where I was, and probably says a lot about why you and I share this kinship. Um, I fly away home. I'm not going to pick. I'm, I'm picking the birds, um, but right. fly away home. I remember there was a birthday party. I spent a lot of my youth going to parties, man. There was a birthday party <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, third grade, something like that. I want to say wow, that I didn't want to go to cause I was antisocial from an OG standpoint. Um, yeah. Not surprised. Go and ahead. my the party was going to see the Rage Carry Two. Oh wow! And I, I thought you would be all right for that. Well, I, I just didn't want to go to the party. But uh-uh. we, uh, the guy, I told the guy, the kid whose party it was, that my parents wouldn't let me go. My parents didn't give a shit. They could have gone to see it. But I, I told them my parents wouldn't let me go. <laughs> so he changed. Going to see the Rage Carry Two, and I remember it was either between going to see Fly Away Home or Baby Geniuses, and he oh, settled no. on Baby Geniuses, and I ended <laughs> up going to the party, and I had to sit through Baby Geniuses, <laughs> and the whole party was ruined. Correct. Immediately. <laughs> Correct. At least if you saw Fly Away Home, like you as the bur- burgeoning critic would have enjoyed <laughs> it, be like a quality film. At least this is it is a quality movie. Uh, I'm not going to pick Fly Away Home either, though I'm tempted. The Birds is, if I was, you know, a critic back when and reviewing The Birds, it would be like a B-plus for me. It's kind of like a quiet place for me. I like it. I got some issues with it. All right, fine. March of the Penguins is like the best nature doc. I've never seen it. Oh, you got to see it. Like Morgan Freeman could narrate anything, but oh my goodness. March of the Penguins, great movie. You're probably right. It's just you exposed me. I was trying to get through that without admitting I haven't seen March of the Penguins yet. Oh, well, <laughs> look what happened. <laughs> I'm not guilty at all, though. You're just uh, blowing my spot up. Don't think I'm the best mouse singer in the world. <laughs> and here Christ. we go. Harbor a little more resentment, would you? <laughs> best live action film about fish. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't do a best animated film about birds, I guess. Did I move that somewhere? Hold on. It would have been yeah. Little Mermaid. All right. It's going to be in here somewhere. I moved the doc around, so I guess we'll just leave that in. Best live-action film about fish. We have Jaws. Mm -hmm. We have Flipper and Free Willy, if Mm -hmm. you're nostalgic. Right. Deep Blue Sea, which I know is a favorite of yours. (laughs) Of course. I have never seen Piranha, but people say good things about Piranha. People like boobs. Uh, I think... I, it's a disservice if you don't pick Jaws, and I am starting to realize a lot of horror movies are just, what if we took this animal and made it absolutely terrifying? Right. So it's Jaws. <laughs> yes. there, I, I was 
hoping you wouldn't pick Deep Blue Sea, or I, I was hoping you would, because I could break your balls about it, but it, it is just. Deep Blue Sea is most fondly remembered in my psyche, but yeah, I've used the word psyche too much. I'll say mind this time. It's most it's fondly remembered movie. in my mind, but yeah. Yeah, it's a fun movie. All right. Best animated film about fish. We have The Little Mermaid. Oh. Shark Tale. Mm. Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. And Ponyo, which oh. I haven't seen, but people love it. You're giving me an easy out here by combining Nemo and Dory. By saying they're one in the, the one, voting for one is a vote for both. No, you, you got to pick one. You okay. Pick one. All right. That makes it much more difficult. Good. Mm. I thought you were being nice to me. No. I was going to give you credit. <laughs> I, was, I was all prepared to pat you on the back and say what a good co-host you are. Well, did you love Finding Nemo more than me? I don't remember. Finding Dory is... Well, Finding Dory's got its moments. Makes you feel things. Oh, my God. I remember the rage we had for Finding Dory more than any moment in Finding Nemo. I it remember gets a little silly. Right. I remember the outrage we were feeling about the uh, crescendo of that movie. The climax of the conflict. The fish drive a car. (laughs) It's a little much to take, even for a Pixar movie. Best movie about fish driving a car. (laughs) Right. So I'll say Finding Nemo for that reason. Although The Little Mermaid is up there. I, like you, have not seen Ponyo. Yeah, I got to go with The Little Mermaid. It's just so many memories. And I think I actually saw The Little Mermaid at the Podunk Theater. And that was the, you know, the time where my grandpa had to hold the seat down because my little brother was too small. Oh, really? The seat would collapse on him and it would fold like a folding chair. How about that? There you go. See, that theater theater was for all of our family memories. Uh, Unfortunately. (laughs) Michael, scariest film about killer reptiles getting into the horror genre now Mm -hmm. we have anaconda lake lake placid hated it crawl haven't seen it snakes on a plane hated it and then these two are pretty good i've seen them rogue which is about crocodiles i believe and prime evil which is also about crocodiles i believe rogue could be about wolves but i think (laughs) i might be thinking of the same movie for both of those i know prime evil is an indie film about killer crocs, I think. But anyway, scariest film about killer reptiles. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I had a thing against snakes, so when I said hated it, I just meant it made my skin crawl because they were tapping into some fears I had. Anaconda is not scary. It is awesomely ridiculous. Yes, it is. It's. I mean, that accent by... Uh, John Voight. Angel- oh, yeah, Angelina oh, Jolie's God. dad there. My it goodness. went around my friend group for years. We Snakes all. on a Plane is funny, so it probably can't be there. Lake Placid's got, like, the drama comedy or action comedy thing going for it, too. So it's, it's probably Anac- Crawl, right? Yeah. Anaconda but I haven't seen crawl. it, so, yeah. I, I'll say Crawl because it, ca- it has to be more scary than Anaconda was. But if I say Rogue, then people are going to be like, wait, that's a wolf movie. Now I'm going to have to look this up now. Rogue, <laughs> the movie. It's also an X-Men. I should have double-checked. No, it's a crocodile movie. All there right, I'm go. good. Maybe the wolf had scales. Maybe the wolf had scales. <laughs> that could be its own uh, genre right there. Mike, scariest canines on film. Okay. The dog from the sandlot. Forever. Cujo. Mm-hmm. The wolves in the gray. Nice. Frozen from 2010. Oh. No, not, not that other Frozen. But from 2010, where they get caught on a ski lift, yeah, it's pretty scary. I, 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 that was on Netflix when Netflix was like just starting to do the streaming stuff. I remember yeah. watching it. The slobber of Beethoven, like Beethoven's a lovable beast. <laughs> I would hug him forever, but he would get slobber all over me. He also took down an entire house in one of the sequels. That's right. He did. <laughs> 
Beethoven's fourth or fifth. Oh, there's so many <laughs> Beethoven movies. I've seen them all. The Pack from 1977. I have not seen it, but it was everywhere on the internet. Okay. The Dog Thing in John Carpenter's The Thing. That poor doggy. Or I'm adding this. The correct answer is the Direwolves of Game of Thrones. Oh, get the hell out of here with your <laughs> Game of Thrones stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding. But on film, which is the scariest canine. I always thought the dog from the Sandlot was Cujo. Like, in my it, mind, yeah, connecting synopses there. So uh, I'll, I'll say they're one and the same, <laughs> the slobber of Beethoven. But, I probably should have put the American werewolf in London in this, this one, too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but he's a, he's a guy. It's a werewolf. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, but he's a the guy thing from John, Yeah, the dog thing is not real either. And if you do that, you got to put in Benicio Del Toro from The Wolfman. You know, you got to right. go that route. So. Uh, the wolves from The Grey are... Or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, wow, I totally misspoke. I meant to say Frozen because the wow. wolves from the gray are part of the uh, one of the biggest misleads, I think. We don't really get a lot of them, do we? We don't get a ton of them. We don't get enough. They're scarier in Frozen. I yeah. would agree with you. And I think uh, that is incorrect only because the slobber of Beethoven. I would just be like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I want I that dog dogs. slobber all over me. I want uh, it, y'all. I need big dogs. I'm, I'm the exact opposite, man. I like little dogs that don't slobber. It's, 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 just, it's so much of it. Like, I found, I kind of rescued from just being lost a couple of dogs Easter's ago. Mm-hmm. And I ended up bringing them to the vet, and they got home. I, I was so happy because I fed them. I cared, you know, I cared for them. Then we brought them to the, the vet. Uh, and, my God, those dogs were happy. One was named Gandalf, by the way. Nice. pictures. And it was just like this tiny little dog and this giant Great Dane. And that Great Dane... There was spit on the car windows that went from one window to the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was that high. much spit. My so. dog right now is is only like eighty something pounds. She's big, but she 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 has stains on my windows that are still there that I can't get off. All right, well, let's uh, stick to animal performances now, her mm-hmm. characters, because this is the most essential supporting animal performance by a real animal. Okay. Okay. We have Jonesy the cat in Alien. Mm, nice pick. Essential. Essential to the plot. Absolutely. Daisy the dog in John Wick. Ooh, I like this category. We have Bart the bear as the bald-headed bear in The Great Outdoors <laughs> with John Candy. Yep. And we have Verdell in As Good As It Gets. So you didn't take the... Uh, what was that movie that I hated where Art Varney won uh, Best Actor? Against oh, the Godfather. Yeah. No, I didn't. What was his name? Was that, that? I can't remember. Yeah, that cat was pretty essential. Yeah, well, he's in the title. <laughs> uh, Harry and Tonto. Harry and Tonto, right, yes. Tonto from yes, Harry and Tonto. Yes, Tonto from Harry and Tonto, who I wouldn't have picked out of spite anyway. Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, for me, it's between Jonesy and Daisy. I think what happens in Alien is going to happen regardless. I don't think what happens in John Wick's movies happens without what happens to Daisy. So I'm going to pick Daisy in the John Wick movies. He had such a hair-trigger temper, though. Come on. Yeah, no, I'm not arguing that. I agree. If somebody, like... Scuffed his shoes or... (laughs) Keyed his car... I mean, I get it. He loved his dog, but he was going to get set off after what happened in Act 1 of that film at anything. But like, to be dude, fair, if anybody hurt one of our dogs, Mike, we also would go into a murderous rampage right. and unleash hidden kung fu we didn't know we had in our brains. 
hidden kung fu doesn't exist, but we would look <laughs> kind of goofy getting into a fight. Mike, I almost saw a fight at Panera Bread the other day between two cars and the Panera Bread drive-thru. That's why we're doing this episode right now. We needed something happy because the world is just so angry yeah. right now out there. But, all right, Tonto is probably the correct answer. You're going with Daisy the dog and John Wick. Yes. I'm going with Verdell and as good as it gets. Really? Too cute, my good. You have to. I, I, I think that movie was one of the first we reviewed on this pod. We gave that movie so much hell because it doesn't really you Does know, not stand hold the up test well. of yeah. time. But although but you're that, right, that, that dog is responsible for a lot of that plot moving forward in that movie. The whole plot. Yeah. So Jonesy the cat comes in at the end. Daisy's the very beginning. Bart the bear is kind of bookended in the great outdoors, but it's for comic value. Verdell is the inciting incident. Yeah, you you're prob- probably have the correct pick. I was just blinded by my hatred for no, that movie. No, but then again, Daisy the dog is also an inciting incident. So you, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, even though the correct answer is Harry and Tonto. <laughs> but we both can't do it. All right. The next three categories I regret, but here we go. Best cat character we actually loved in a live-action movie. Okay. Church and Pet Cemetery. Okay. Keanu and Keanu. Mm -hmm. Goose and Captain Marvel. Mm. Cannoli and the Godfather. (laughs) Marlon Brando's cat. (laughs) Or That Darn Cat. I remember seeing That Darn Cat, and yeah, he was a darn cat, and it was a good movie. Back in the Disney 1990s. <laughs> what a review. <laughs> Based on that review alone, it should win, shouldn't it? Because <laughs> cats are so often villains, and we're going to have that category in a second. But the And Church is a villain here, but we actually love Church. I yes. mean, that cat was so scary, great, in Pet Cemetery. So, yeah, which cat character did you actually love in a live-action movie? Keanu is adorable as well, but Goose was the only time I actually like pumped my fists and clapped over a cat in a movie. So my answer is Goose. Did we watch Goose after Harry and Tonto? No, that was like a year after. But we were still harboring the grudge. Probably, yeah. All right, so Goose and Captain Marvel, that'll be the correct answer for now. The Academy 2 selects him. All right, (laughs) best animated film about cats. And these these are some good ones. We have The Lion King. Mm. We have Puss in Boots. Garfield, underrated. Bill Murray. I mean, come on. I mean, he's still Bill Murray. He took that job, I remember hearing... uh, like, uh, something happened. He didn't think he was supposed to do it or something like that. And there was some kind of weird backstory. What a great information I'm providing for this podcast. I can't remember, but there's some kind of weird backstory involving Bill Murray ending up doing the voice of Garfield when he like yeah. wasn't supposed to or didn't want to or didn't realize what it was. I relate to Garfield because if I was a cat, I'd be Garfield. Eat nothing but lasagna. I mean, I, I would do that now if I wasn't on a diet. <laughs> so I just, yeah. I, and I hate I, Mondays. I like I hate Mondays. Have a uh, Otis, not Otis. Odie. What's uh, Odie? Odie's his best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Garfield. All right, Tom and Jerry, Coraline. Everybody said I, I remember seeing Coraline. It's a really good movie. Stop motion animation. Uh, I don't remember how prominent the cats were, but it's a it's a good animated movie. So best animated film about cats. None of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess. Twist my arm, I'll say The Lion King. That's the correct answer. Yeah. We have to go with The Lion King. All right, best cat villain in a movie. We have Shere Khan from any of the Jungle Books, Mr. Bigglesworth in Austin Powers, mm-hmm. Sergeant Tibbs in 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Cruella's cat. We have those two Siamese cats in The Lady and the Tramp. We have Fluffy. Do you remember Fluffy in the Rugrats movie, the older sister's cat? Very vaguely. 
Oh, the Rugrats. I watched the show with my younger brothers, and then I watched that movie, and that fluffy cat. Oh, what a bad cat. Apparently, there's a 1977 Japanese horror film called House, and there's an evil killer cat in that movie. We might like this. It's a Criterion Collection. Yeah, I almost bought it the other night. I was going through Criterion Collection stuff on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I saw that knowing nothing about the movie, and I almost bought it just because it looked interesting. Great, great cover art there. Yeah. Finally, we have Richard Parker, the tiger in Life of Pi. Cat villain, best cat villain. Best oh, and I guess cat you could put Church, Church from Pet Cemetery here. I think it's still Shere Khan from the Jungle Book. It is Shere Khan, isn't it? Or right. it's Richard Parker. I mean, the tigers are scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, do you put the. Uh... Ah, yeah, God, I, I just don't have it this episode. The, the bad guy from The Lion King, is he in there? Oh, Scar? yeah. Scar? Scar? Yeah, he's a good cat villain. But Shere Khan was more eloquent and conniving, I think, than Scar but was. He, he's like Uncle Hamlet, though. I mean, he's... Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think Shere Khan. I think that's my answer. He's more Uncle Hamlet than Cat and Scar. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Shere Khan as well. Uh, I, w- I want to say Richard Parker. That's a close call, but yeah, Shere Khan. All right. Best movie about real dogs and real cats teaming up to get home. Mm. Pure fiction, people. Pure fiction. Milo and Otis, Homeward Bound, which is based on The Incredible Journey, all Disney. Benji the Hunted, where he saves a bunch of kittens, Michael. Oh. The Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. Oliver and Company with a dog, that's Billy Joel. <laughs> and the short film from last uh, Oscar season, Kitbull. I loved Kitbull. Kitbull was so loved sweet. It. Oliver and Company was a preview on the VHS for Cinderella. I think I've brought this up before. Uh, hmm. Where the song "Why Should I Worry," "Why Should I Care," that was the song that played over the. Uh, that's how I know about it. I don't think I've ever actually seen the entire movie. Wait, so you love a song from the preview of your favorite movie that you put on every day, and you've never seen that movie? That's correct. Ads don't work on you, do they? That's probably why you can watch regular TV. You're not manipulated by advertisements. That's also correct. That's why I can't watch regular TV, because I, if I see a Big Mac, then I have to buy ten of them. You would eat nothing but KFC Double Downs. Uh, I do. That, uh, that song, Why Should I Worry, that helped me out during a law school trivia night one night. We were the only team oh. to get that point. So, oh. uh, yeah, that'll be my answer, because I have the best memories of that song. Suck it, litigators, <laughs> team two. All right, best sled dog movie. We're getting into the dog category. Okay. Best sled dog movie we have white fang pick a version 91 with ethan hawk 2019 with uh you know the netflix animated film there there's a bunch of others iron will i remember that being pretty good as mm-hmm. a kid in the 90s togo with willem dafoe that yep. i just saw it's pretty good the call of the wild uh, it's a better book than anything else i think i saw an old version i haven't seen the harrison ford one yet can't believe you made that movie Balto, which I remember being a good animated film, but Togo says Balto was full of shit, for the record. <laughs> okay. Because Balto got the credit at the end of Togo in, like, the newspaper, and Willem Dafoe was like, yeah. The grudge none of us ever knew we needed. Uh, yeah, Willem Dafoe was like, wow, look what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, to Togo as Togo's, I guess I just spoiled it, but yeah, to- Togo's recovering. <laughs> The dog doesn't die in a movie. It's a, the wor- If that's the worst spoiler I've ever given on this show. <laughs> You'll live with it. Snow Dogs and Eight Below are also in this list. And I don't remember which is the one from the guy from Fast and Furious. But, 
Yeah, one of those is it was with him. I don't think name? I have seen a single movie of these nominees. Not a single one. Why are you against dog sledding movies? I, they have never appealed. If you go back and listen to our our breakdowns of the trailers for Call of the Wild and uh, Togo, I they, I don't. They just never have appealed to me. Paul Walker was the guy I was trying to look. Yeah, at. that's Paul it. Walker is in yeah. a dog movie. Dog sledding movie. I think it was a Disney movie too, but I might be wrong about that. But yeah, I've never. You know what it is? I'm always afraid the dogs die. Yeah, you're you are always afraid the dogs die, and and I will say sometimes you're right. I don't like that. I, they don't always die. You watch Togo. I'd rather Togo, the human Obviously, die. The, to- the dog should go live happy, and the human should be out in the cold, frozen. I agree, but the best story here is probably the Call of the Wild. I have no idea what uh, Disney Searchlight Fox did with it. But uh, I would say that's the best story. White Fang, 91's movie. That's what I'm probably going to have to pick, though. Okay, I'll take your word for it, and I'll believe you. All right. Who is woman's best friend in movie history? We have Lucy from Wendy and Lucy. Mm -hmm. We have Sandy from Annie. Mm -hmm. We have Toto from The Wizard of Oz. We have Halle Berry's two dogs from John Wick 3. We have Lassie, who I think is more a friend of woman than man. Interesting. Maybe I'm wrong, but in the movies, at least the movie ingrained in my brain, uh, Lassie's helping out a little girl. Okay. I can't, anyway, Marley and Marley and Me with Jennifer Aniston there. And I think they have a daughter. Rex from Megan Levy, which is a really good movie, by the way. It's got to be Toto, doesn't it? Toto braves a mythical nightmarish universe with golden streets. <laughs> I mean, imagine that monkeys. fucking dog who's laying on a bed one seat and then gets swept up in a tornado and has to live through an LSD fucking hallucination at the side yeah. of her, her completely unwilling to adapt protagonist. How does that dog not just chase its tail up there in odds for the re- you know the next three hours? And then the dog's got to live with all of those stories. Goofy ass. So I love the Wizard of Oz, but I'm just saying. Think about it from the dog's perspective. Like you got the fucking lion going, and you got the, you got the darn uh, scarecrows. Scarecrows are coming to life. We all know how our dogs. Like if we're walking our dog, it's gonna bark at a scarecrow. It's gonna bark at a balloon. Yeah, Toto should have been a murderous rampage during uh, right. a good part of that movie. You're right. Togo should have turned into one of the pets from Pet Cemetery. Yeah, to- uh, Toto. The mental, res- the mental toughness and resolve on that dog. I would absolutely yeah. watch a mini series of Wizard of Oz from Toto's perspective. <laughs> I would absolutely uh, watch that. All right, you hear that, Netflix? <laughs> all right, who's man's best friend in movie history? We have Sounder, which is a great movie. I watched that in school a bunch. We have Hooch from Turner and Hooch, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks movie. We have Jack from The Artist. And if the, if the artist wasn't a Best Picture winner and the artist was just a cute film with a French silent movie gimmick and you had a beautiful dog in it, it would be fondly looked upon. Right. I agree with that. We have Dog from The Road Warrior. <laughs> we have Einstein from Back to the Future, which is a tough-ass dog going through all of you know Christopher Lloyd's experiments there. <laughs> Doc Crazy Pants. We have Samantha from I Am, Le- I Am Legend with uh, Will Smith. Great dog. I think you guys just we, gave away a spoiler, too. Yeah, we have... Well, you did it with that uh, moan from hell. <laughs> but, well, her being named Samantha, though, she's... You know, that's a... Uh. Right. All right. Doug from Up. Happier uh, mention right there. We have Benji. Oh, my God, Benji. 
but he's not really a man's best friend. He's like always saving other animals or finding his way home. Or I guess I like in a TV series, he's man's best friend. Anyway, Old Yeller, Jesus, Slinky Dog in Toy Story, <laughs> Scooby Doo, Skip from My Dog Skip, or any of the sled dogs. We have Buck from Call of the Wild, Balto, White Fang, or Togo. Who is man's best friend in movie history? When you said Slinky Dog from Toy Story, my head went to the Slinky going down the stairs in Ace Ventura too. <laughs> because I said Slinky. Exactly. You're a dad joking <laughs> son of a bitch. Doug from Up! <laughs> Doug from Up is a good pick. It's close for me. Like, Sounder... Jack from the Artist is a pretty good friend. I mean, Hooch is a good friend too. Like, who who do you want to be your friend? The well, most is it Doug or Hooch? Because I love big, slobbery, mussy, you know, wrinkly dogs. I think I would want Benji to be my friend most of all, but I don't have a, I don't have an eventful enough life for Benji, right? I mean, mm, no, a good point. nobody needs rescuing. Like, I I couldn't handle White Fang. Well, maybe maybe Benji would go out and fight the bear that you saw a couple weeks ago. That's true, but I walk like six-tenths of a mile every day. Any of those sled dogs, I have no chance hanging out with them. (laughs) Slinky dog's kind of cheating. Hooch needs to solve mysteries. I'm going to go with Jack from The Artist. Really? Okay. I'm going to go with Jack from The Artist because I I feel like Jack would just make his own fun. Interesting. I did not expect that answer from you. I I don't... I mean, everything you said about The Artist is completely true. If it was just another movie, I think it would be much more fondly remembered and I'm sure that's the bias I have against it but yeah okay. I want a, I want a dog like Jack from the artist I think all right all right happy slash silly dog movie you would actually want to watch in parentheses again because I know you are hesitant to click play on any of these films because yes. you're afraid the dog will die very true all right Isle of Dogs we reviewed that on the show great movie best in show Christopher Guest great movie. movie really funny the Secret Life of Pets. Nobody's going to die in that animated film, Mike. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians, Lady and the Tramp, Bolt, or All Dogs Go to Heaven. If there was ever a title that would make you feel at ease watching a dog film, All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> well, the entire premise of that one is they all die. <laughs> yeah, but they go to heaven. Uh, I remember watching that as a kid not liking it one bit, and I'm willing to say now that that's because they were all dead as the premise as well. So there you go. There's that. I'll, I'll hold that grudge for no reason whatsoever. Best in show, I think, is my answer, seriously. I love Christopher Guest comedies. Kill me. Best in show is a good answer, although I love The Secret Life of Pets when they're eating the sausages, but best, best in show, good answer, and that'll be my pick as well. Mm-hmm. All right, most lovable CGI or animatronic puppet animal character in a live action film okay we have we have okja from okja and that's it and that's it that's the winner that's the most accurate thing you've ever said on this program and i thank you for your clarity and honesty (laughs) i have asked that question because i knew you'd pick it anyway (laughs) you're absolutely right all right best film about people turning into animals the Animal. Is that the, I was, the Rob Schneider one? Yeah. I was going to make a worst film about people turning into animals, but I never made that category. So, I anyway. Do you think that's there. the only time a Rob Schneider movie is going to be in the best category? First and only nomination for Rob <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> Imagine if they said that and only. <laughs> like, like we're we're going we're gonna to call a spade a spade here, Rob. You and I both know. <laughs> 
This is the first and only forever win for Rob Schneider as he walks to the stage. Anyway, The Hound of the Baskervilles. There are nine versions of this Sherlock Holmes film, and I can't remember the story. I've probably seen four of the versions. I can't remember if there's actually a werewolf in the story or if it's just some other murderer. What if it's just like a Land Before Time movie? Because there's a billion of those, too. There's a billion Land Before Time movies because you saw a lot of movies about one story and then you said another lot of movies about another story. So you're catching on after three years. Your connections you get today. how my brain's con- working. <laughs> Synapses are firing, Mike. Coming in hot with that take. <laughs> the, the Princess and the Frog. Again, best film about people turning into animals. i got to remind people because we took nine minutes on that little skadoosh. <laughs> we have Tusk. Mm-hmm. We have Lady Hawk. Here's where the, an American werewolf in Paris comes into play. We have The Little Mermaid, Splash, or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pick a Turtles movie. Uh, the answer is Cinderella, and how dare you not include that in this category on this list for this award show. Who turns into the... Oh, Excuse the, the, me! Oh, the, the horse. <laughs> yes, the horse, the mice! All right, but it, the movie's not about them turning into... It is to me, damn it! <laughs> All right, fine. You pick Cinderella out of protest of my ball busting. Well, if the Little Mermaid is on there, yeah, I mean, Cinderella is just as much about, because Little Mermaid's about an animal turning human almost. Well, almost an animal. It's the protagonist. It's about the protagonist turning into an animal or turning back. Is that that some kind of political commentary where you say man is the most dangerous animal of all? You're watching way too much true crime, (laughs) as as am I, and I get exactly where you're coming from, but... uh, just pointing that out. It's probably The Little Mermaid still, even though I liked uh, An American Werewolf in Paris quite a bit. And that's the coolest transformation of any man. Especially for the time. Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Just crazy. To do that. Crazy to watch. All right. Best film about fictional, magical, or extinct animals. Okay. Deep Blue Sea. Can I just say guess? for the record and yeah. for the benefit of everyone who... I don't know how you've made it this far in this episode if you're listening, but if you are, I cannot believe the number of categories and nominations, unique nominations, you were able to put together for this. There's like five Google lists if you just search films about animals. <laughs> but then I cross-check the lists with, you know, some of my lists and then other, like, you know, best. I would just Google, like, best film about a dog in a suit. And, and I would find everything. I thought, I didn't look at the doc, like I said at the top, and I thought we would have, like, five pages of stuff. That's why I was trying to stretch at the beginning. But no, we're, like, not even close to done. We got to, like, step it up here. <laughs> Do we really? Yeah. Oh, great. All right. Best film about fictional, magical, or extinct animals. There are 20 nominees. Here you go. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. King Kong, any, any of the King Kongs, Godzilla's, any of those. The Land Before Time. Oh, see, there movie. it is. The Meg, Sharknado, because you like it. Yes. For some weird reason. Okja, <laughs> I know you love. I do. Paddington, which is like the film Twitter pick. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. Harry and the Hendersons. I don't know if Ted counts here, but I'm going to count Ted. It could be magical. And Ice Age, because it's about prehistoric animals. So, Best you know. film of those. Yeah. Well, I'm going to pick I, Jurassic Park. Yeah, gonna I was going to say, Park. I know the right answer is Jurassic Park. Yeah. But I liked Oak just so much more than I ever liked Jurassic Park. <laughs> and it gives me, I could play nice with the bong hive. You can play nice with the bog hive for once. You need, you need a, there's a lot of catching up to do for you. Yes, that that's true. Okay. All right, here's the best animated film about birds category. All right, I knew I didn't cut and paste it correctly. Anyway, 
Rio up. It's almost funnier that you left him down here. <laughs> Rio up. The Rescuers or the Rescuers Down Under and the Angry Birds 2. The Angry Birds 1 is awful. Best animated film about birds. It's I, I don't know why Up is a film about birds exactly. I guess kind of that's technically true. It's more true than my argument about Cinderella, so I'll let it go and I'll say Up. It is the correct answer, <laughs> Up. All right, best film about battling animals in the wild. Mm-hmm. So it's not like animals get into your house and you're a Florida... Uh, swimmer on the NCAA Florida team. No. So basically, basically, best film that's not crawl. Correct. The Edge, which is like Anthony Hopkins versus Alec Baldwin doing a dramatic phase there, but it's also a bear. Uh, the Gray, about the wolves. Frozen, again, 2010. You know, they're on a ski lift. Mm-hmm. Instinct, which, I mean, that one might be the one with uh, Anthony. I think that's also Anthony Hopkins. I don't remember who's in that. I'm thinking The Edge and Instinct are the same movie now. I'm doing this again. <laughs> Open Water, which is a great horror movie about sharks. And then The Shallows, which is pretty darn good, but much better than I thought it'd be. So Instinct is a John Turtletop movie with Anthony Hopkins and Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, when noted anthropologists, all these anthropologist movies, left society to live in the jungle, is imprisoned for murder. It's up to young psychiatrist Theo Calder to get through to him. I should do more movie trivia, because even in my guessing, I was right. Mm. It was also an Anthony Hopkins movie. Yeah. Uh, Good. I still think I liked Frozen. I enjoyed Frozen the most. I guess I'll say The the Grey, just to have uh, diversity of winners here and try to appease hedging, everyone. Hedging ones. Well, you're the Academy right now. Right, so I'm trying to. Because the Academy does that all the time. Mm. I'm going to I'm gonna say Open Water. I think Open Water is a damn good horror movie. That's a solid movie. one, too. Yeah. Scary. That movie scared the shit out of me. All right, the classic film. We're winding down here. The classic film about talking animals. So get out of the horror genre, smooth transition into animated, silly children's films that we love. All right, Animal Farm, which is, all right, more serious, but Babe, Mm -hmm. Watership Down. You love that movie, don't you? Yeah, um, it's okay. Okay. I I tried to read the book. I couldn't get through the book. I thought I'd be like... you know, I, I thought I would feel better about myself and read the book because it's a classic, but I couldn't. For some it. reason, I don't know why, but I thought that would be a movie you love. Everybody say it's like a top fantasy film. Yeah. It's not, no. but it, it's good. All right, The Secret of Nim, which I do love. I did love it when I was a kid about mice and fantasy and ghosts. I love that. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. I just want, I want to hear you give synopses <laughs> for films you enjoy in a rush because it's been my favorite part of this so far. That's why we I do like these mice award shows. and I like I like shows and I like ghosts. We're regular guy critics trying to do premium movie content, and we're failing miserably. But hopefully, it's we a are fun the uh, podcast, the awards podcast version of stealing cable from your neighbors. Absolutely right. Anyway, where was I? Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> the Fox and the Hound. I Charlotte's hated that movie. Broke my heart. Charlotte's Web. Yeah. It's still a good movie, Michael. It is. D- d- you, d- death can happen in a movie. Yeah. It's still okay. Not it's in my movie. movies. Where was I? 101 Dalmatians, Bambi, which I'm sure you hate also. <laughs> the Aristocats, which is spoiling everything at this point. <laughs> Cinderella, which I shouldn't put Can you there. imagine if we spoiled Bambi for someone just now? <laughs> <laughs> they, like, stop listening to us forever because Bambi. I can't take from- this anymore. 1345. 57 or so minutes into this episode. <laughs> All right. The Rescuers Down Under, The Jungle Book. What is your favorite <laughs> classic 
film about talking animals. Hmm. Great airtime right there. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, Cinderella, obviously, but again, I don't want to just keep saying that, so I'll say 101 Dalmatians just to be fair. I think, like, a year ago I would have said The Jungle Book because that was always a favorite of mine. But, like, you know, things have come to light about The Jungle Book yeah. lately. That's hard to pick. Yeah. I, I'm going to say Bambi. Yeah. I, like, I watched Bambi a lot when I was a kid, and then my brothers watched it. You had Thumper. Yeah, I thanks, liked... for, thanks for reminding me about the controversy with The Jungle Book after I had already praised it and picked it as a winner for a previous category. Oh, did you? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Shere Khan. Shere Khan's, yeah. He's a good villain. All right. Ba- Bambi... Is uh, is a, a great film though. I mean, it's a great story. Let's be honest. So I, I have I have begrudging effect, uh, respect for Bambi just based on what they put kids through. Yeah, and our our movie. apologies to everyone who we just ruined it for. <laughs> All right, best animated Disney film about talking Disney animals. You could put a lot of those in there. Winnie the Pooh, Jungle Book, Up is back again. The Lion King, Hundred One Dalmatians, Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, Ratatouille, Bambi, The Rescuers, The Rescuers Down Under, The Little Mermaid are your nominees. Cinderella is not allowed in this category. <laughs> Probably. I mean, is Up a better movie than The Lion King? Do you think? Oh, wow, that's tough. Yeah. That is tough. Yeah, it does come down to those two, doesn't it? Like, if we're seriously right. going to try and play this film critic game once again and fool the people out there that we are, in fact, <laughs> film critics, it's it has to be between Up and The Lion King. I think I'm going to go with Up. All right, I'll go with The Lion King. We'll hedge our bets. We'll, we'll call it a tie. Yeah, that hurt. That does hurt. All right, best non-Disney movie about talking animals animated non-disney movie about talking animals we have shrek we have ice age we have ferdinand which was so good Mm -hmm. i was so surprised that was good it was nominated for an oscar but still i was surprised (laughs) rango the fantastic mr fox is pretty darn good kung fu panda funny Mm -hmm. happy feet chicken run and an american tale best non-disney animated movie about talking animals uh, personal bias, I'll say Shrek, because it left the biggest impact amongst people in our generation, I think. Yeah, it, it's probably the best movie of this bunch. Is it all about talking animals? There's a talking animal in it. I don't know. I guess if I would have to pick, you know, for the uh, for the uh, truest sense of the category, I would say the fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, it's up there. Definitely up That's there. up there for me. Uh, or an American Tale. They're both really good. The American Tale. I love that movie. I remember being so bored by that when I was a kid. What? I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't seen it in years. I just remember being bored by it. Uh, I, I, I'm just like flabbergasted. This is what's going to end the podcast. This <laughs> an American Tale bored you <laughs> when I was six, no less. <laughs> All right. Best movie about CGI animals in a live action movie. And this is debatable. Life of Pi, The Jungle Book, The Lion King, Jurassic Park. Throw any of your uh, shark movies in here. <laughs> crocodile movies in here. A lot of movies that we make. Imagine if I make the, like, passionately and deeply make the case right now that Deep Blue Sea should be remembered more fondly than <laughs> Jurassic Park. I put four really good movies. In These here. are right, right, and I should just put it all over. Really it. good stories, let's say. But the Jungle Book and the Lion King. I don't know. Maybe I didn't finish this category. Is what what happened? The Lion King yeah. and Jurassic Park is a fascinating 
which would win if you put that out to a poll, I think. True. Those are great movies. And there's huge fan base right. for them. But the Lion King remake is what's in this category. Yeah, however. I can't do that. I'll pick Jurassic Park. <laughs> Life of Pi is pretty good, but it, it is Jurassic Park. Okay. Best film about animal lovers is our last category, Michael. This is the best we, picture equivalent. Right. It's about animal lovers. It's about humans. It's the first category about humans. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Mm-hmm. Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. They both get get nods here. <laughs> Best in show. <laughs> Dr. Doolittle, you pick one. Eddie Murphy version or the 1967 version that our mothers love. But not the Robert Downey Jr. version. <laughs> Correct. Grizzly Man, which is Werner Herzog. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> German accent ever. Grizzly Man's a hell of a movie. And we have Jane and Gorillas in the Mist. Again, like a dual nominee here. Do I have any more? No. That is it. Best film about animal lovers. Who loves animals most? Interpret it however you need. I think the answer to that is a tie between Ace Ventura and Jane Goodall. (laughs) (laughs) Jane Goodall wins, let's just say, because he still has his... Animals are his business, and you can argue that he's a vested interest. But, yeah, I mean, she is just out there in the wild saving gorillas. I'll make everyone angry and say Ace Ventura and just live with my choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, the best film of these is probably the original Dr. Doolittle, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, you think it's better than show. Best in Show? Best in Show's a favorite in terms of you know picking this category. Gorillas in the Mist is good. Jane was really good. I thought Jane should have been nominated uh, in Best Documentary. Yeah, but all the film like purists, if they've made it this far somehow, are just outraged about the way we treated Gorillas in the Mist in this episode. It's great performance. Was that movie nominated? I don't remember. I have to rewatch that movie. It's a long, been a long time. It was Sigourney Weaver's for great five movie. Oscars. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> that. Anyway, this I guess a fitting end to this episode because we just completely ignore the Oscar nominees and we pick our favorites. Oh boy, yeah, a uh, fitting end indeed. And I thank you for all your effort, dear sir, as you always put into these award shows. I don't know how you came up with this many entries, nominees, and categories, but uh, good exercise and job by you. Uh, it was a good pick-me-up for me today, too, after dealing with this nonsense that I've been dealing with a, with a fractured foot out of nowhere. But obviously, if you have categories uh, revolving around either First Cow or any animal movies, we do want to hear from you. You can leave us those, as well as any comments, questions, or concerns at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And if you're still listening, uh, if you that means you enjoyed it because you couldn't possibly make it this long if you didn't enjoy this episode <laughs> so if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on the apple podcast app uh, for our ridiculousness and hopefully giving you a smile and a couple laughs today that would help us out a bunch michael we have more serious stuff on the horizon maybe and uh what are some words of wisdom we can end on here well the words of wisdom is ignore everything i just said because <laughs> i picked dr doolittle technically <laughs>
nominated for nine Academy Awards, including two wins for special effects and original song. So I did that thinking that it wasn't nominated for anything, that it was just my mother's favorite movie for no reason, because I just disrespected her uh, (laughs) backhandedly right then and there. But no, she loved an Oscar nominee, a nine-time Oscar nominee. I did not know that. We should do more retrospectives, and we got to get our shit together. Yeah, that sounds like words of wisdom. (laughs) In terms of what we're doing next, we have no effing idea. We had a long production meeting before this. We didn't love any of the new movies that came out on 710, so we're kind of punting on that idea in terms of reviewing one of those films uh, in its own episode or another one of those films. We did review Palm Springs. Uh, We're not going to review Greyhound, First Cow, or The Old Guard in their own episodes. We may review them in like a multi-review format. We're going to figure something out and get it to you later in the week. Yeah, we're touring with some stuff. We got some other ideas in the fire. We, uh, yeah, we're trying to, to make things as, as funny and informative and educational and hopefully uh, weird as only we can for you guys. And uh, we will continue to Mission accomplished that. today. Yeah, Mike. we nailed that today. We <laughs> nailed it today. So, guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch these movies and hopefully have some laughs with these ridiculous award shows with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.